dads. Hello, welcome to Dad Talks, where you get to listen to two dads talk. My name is Jared Schmansky. With me, as always, my co-dad in crime, Joe Lopez. Joe, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, buddy, you know, I saw a sneak peek behind this kimono, and I see we actually have, we both have beers. We tonight, both have beers tonight. I like It's been so, so long. long. <laughs> I couldn't believe um, it. Yeah, I have a salted caramel porter from Pigeon Hill Brewing yeah. out of Muskegon, yeah. which is, it's not my favorite beer they make, but damn, is it good. It is good. I've had uh, it. That's a very good beer. A little salt, salty, a little caramely, uh, but their oatmeal cream pie, when they mm-hmm. had that, Oh, so so good. Their uh, designs are really good too. Like the oatmeal cream pie had a dancing oatmeal cream pie man on the front. It was very yes. funny. Yeah, Muskegon makes some good beer. Uh, they used to have a Snickerdoodle one. That's about the only thing they got in Muskegon. So <laughs> it really is. Um, but yeah, so this one's delightful. It's uh, it's what I needed. I had a couple beers in my fridge, and I was like, you know, they all kind of feel like they're gonna hurt my stomach. Mm-hmm. I was like, this one's kind of. It's a little thicker. It's a little mellow. I get that. So I was like, you know what? It's time. Salted caramel in a beer is phenomenal if you get the flavoring right. Like all those flavors yeah. work really well in beer. They just do because the caramel's already there from the beer flavor. So like it just yeah. makes it. It just works really well. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, what do you got? I got the old classic Modelo. Oh yeah. So I bought a twelve pack of this uh, like three weeks ago and have just been nursing my way through it so but yeah. we have the super bowl on sunday and we're having some people over yes. the super bowl including yourself and yes. i'm buying beer at costco on saturday and i knew i cannot go in with old beer in the fridge when i'm buying new beer so uh yes i had to finish uh, my modello can you give me a peek on what you're gonna get for for the super bowl what kind of beer something very american yeah that's right the classic molson canadian uh that's good costco does big 24 packs of molson for not very much money um and um it's i i can't i hate to say like it's a good deal but it's the only place i see very bulk molson right yeah so um i I don't know. That's the one I feel like going with. I'll probably walk in though and look around and see if there's another one. You guys are just mm-hmm. lucky I'm not buying the bulk uh, Guinness because if I had my way, that's what I would Ooh. be buying. You know what? I wouldn't hate it if I'm if I'm being honest. Freaking love with a couple of black and tans. I love love a Guinness. I just do. It's so good. I might buy it anyway. We're going. Yeah. I might as well buy it and keep it downstairs. I'm coming early. I'm gonna be there like before noon. So prep yourself. I can't wait. We're having brunch, baby. God, no. We'll have lunch at a normal time, Joseph. Lunch at a normal time. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait. In your Canadian beer. Joe, since we're peeking behind the kimono, I have to tell you something here on the podcast. Yeah. You texted me instead of your wife again. God damn it. This has happened so many times. We'll be trying to record the podcast, and Joe, being the good husband and father that he is, is checking on his children while we're, while we're recording. But sometimes, because Joe and I communicate beforehand, like we're texting back and forth about whatever we're going to talk about and what time, <laughs> sometimes I'm the top of Joe's texts. So he'll just click in and click the top one, and it's me. And I'll get some, like, wife texts, and it's me. It's just me, Joe. <laughs> Good thing you haven't gotten the, the spicy text. 
Well, not that you'd ever know. Keeping that for myself. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. What a day. Hey, what a you know day. What? It's been a pretty good week. Um, Tell me about it, Stone. You know, it just, this week just feels a little bit lighter, which is really nice. I just I, I don't feel as crazy stressed. Maybe it's because last week was my first week back to work. Mm-hmm. So just like pressure that. So like this week feels pretty good, um, except for my freaking computer. But outside of that, <laughs> <laughs> things are going all right. You know, food's been like... I've been, I haven't been eating well, but what I've been eating is good. Like, That's good. Delicious. <laughs> That's good. Um, the kids have been pretty good. Uh, year's been good. Um, the Oscar nominations came out this week, Man. which we will chat about, and I'm super excited for. Uh, I just feel like there's been some some good things. So like, I don't know. It's been. I just feel good. You feel like the rhythm's getting down. That that to me was the first the first big step is when you got like a little bit of a schedule. Mm-hmm. like ironed out with your work and your kids like when that first yeah. little bit of schedule ironed out it started to feel pretty pretty good yeah so i think we're we're slowly getting the hang of it kayla and i still have a little tweaking to do when it comes to like getting up and getting around in the yeah. morning you know gonna have to make it a little bit earlier but uh getting there i think our night schedules are getting down which is good good um but yeah overall i mean man it's just been like an okay week which i'm pretty shocked about that's good so yeah I uh, we had Indian food for dinner tonight, Joe. Oh, because our, I told Kayla today I wanted Indian. I'm food. telling you. So our Indian place, the one I've have told you about, I think I've talked about it on the podcast. I love this place called Star India Downtown. Yeah. Um, it's it's great, but it's been closed since before Christmas for oh, like really? renovations. They were been were renovating their whole restaurant. They weren't doing takeout. They weren't doing dine in. They weren't doing nothing. So it's been closed for a month, and mm-hmm. um. I have therapy on Thursdays and it's right across the street from my therapist's office. So I, I normally in the before time, before they close, I would walk out, smell Indian food and be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's like, yeah. Smells good. Uh, we wouldn't normally get it, but today I, it hasn't been like that in like a month and a half. I would walk out nothing today. I walked yeah. out, got hit with that sweet scent of curry. I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. I called Katie right away. I'm like, want to get Indian food for dinner? She's like, yeah. I was like, Oh Yeah. So wow, it was amazing. Dang. It was delicious. No one dad talk. We always talk about what we're gonna do in the future because we just kind of spitball. Yeah, whatever. I, w- I would love to do like an episode all about your favorite foreign foods. Like, oh, I like that. Rank your Indian, favorite Middle foreign Easterns. foods. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. And then just toss in there. Where would you put American food in that list? You know, like oh, bottom, man. top, middle. And all right, we're gonna do it one time. All right, write it down in the dream notebook. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll stop talking about future dad talks. Is today's a very important dad talk for you? Not yeah. the most important dad talk for you because no. I think the as we get it's closer. Coming. But yeah. this week was basically your playoffs. Not <laughs> yeah, not quite the Super Bowl yet, but this was your playoffs, yeah. and I love what? it because it comes out on the actual week of the Super Bowl, like almost every year, right? They do it right. almost every year this time. Pretty, It's pretty close. Usually the Oscars are right around this, but whenever the Olympics happen, they push it back. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, so your nominations came out this week. How are you feeling? Odd. Yeah? Some, some of them threw me off a little bit, but uh, feel good. A lot of Netflix ones, huh? I did. A lot of Netflix. I mean... Netflix has kind of been a powerhouse since uh, Alfonso Cuaron's movie 
Uh, oh man, I can't remember what it was, but it came out maybe four years ago in 2018, I think. Um, Netflix kind of started getting the coverage that they needed to get their, mm-hmm. you know, their legs in the race for Oscar nominations. Um, Ooh, I'm now I'm trying to think. I don't know the director that you just said, but I am trying to think. I know Netflix well enough to know that it was like their first big artsy movie, right? That was popular. Yes. Um, you do know the director. He directed uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, oh okay. Uh, and he did Gravity. The movie's called Roma. Roma. Okay, uh, I never watched it, but yeah. I know exactly. I know the movie you're talking about. Yep. And uh, yeah, so ever since uh, Roma came out in 2018, Netflix kind of uh, has has come up in the in the awards conversation pretty often. Do you think that's gonna be? I know, like it was a barrier breaking for the committee to nominate streaming movies because that was like, I mean, yes. you still have directors uh, who was the most recent one that said like streaming a movie is, is sacrilegious basically. Or, Probably like Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Scorsese or whoever it was came Scott out. And it's like, Nolan, yeah. How dare you watch it on your home living room TV? So, but, yeah. um, do you think that's going to pave a way for other like streaming services to chase that down? Like if Netflix secures a couple like Oscar wins, do you think yeah, like Hulu's I mean, going to put out a movie? That... They've definitely got an Oscar wins. They've I don't know if they've won a best picture yet. I guess that's what I'm saying. I Yeah. Winning Oscars is yeah. to me is like one of those things, right? Like uh <laughs> I mean Lord of the Rings has like 17 Oscars or something like that, right? But Yeah, 13, which is I believe it's 13. Return of the King has 13. 13. One for every category it was nominated in, and it has the most Oscars for one movie, I believe. Right. Yeah. Um, but ha- it didn't. It didn't win Best Picture though, right? It did. Oh, yeah. it did. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yep. I, there was some. Maybe Fellowship didn't even get nominated for Best Picture, and that was yeah. like something. Uh, but uh, winning other Oscars are one thing. If Netflix brings home a Best Picture. You gotta imagine the other streaming services are gonna see that as an opportunity yeah. of like we can get notoriety. Yes, our game up. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So I think what you know to be nominated for an Oscar, you have to hit certain um benchmarks. One of them is um showing at a major festival. Like one of the there's like eight major festivals. You gotta show at least one of them. And you have to premiere in New York or LA and you have to show an X amount of theaters across the country. Interesting. Um okay. Yeah, so if you hit those criteria, then you can be um, in the running to be nominated for an Oscar. But you have to hit those certain criteria. So there's still a lot of, you know, you got to go to festivals. You do have to premiere in some theaters. So Netflix um, does put movies in theaters to, to hit those nominations? I didn't realize Yeah, that. as far as I'm aware, yeah. Because, mm. you, you know, that's just kind of how the Academy works. Didn't um, they bend the rules, though, last year? Um, I don't think so. Um. I mean, they might have done festivals, but virtually. Oh, okay. Um, you know, um, or just sent them to like the awards committees of festivals. Mm-hmm. Let them decide. That's probably the way they did it. But uh, yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty key on festivals. A lot of the movies you see. I mean, all of them premiere at festivals. Right. Like. They're, well, they're I mean, Sundance. Sundance is where like every like right. Oscar-nominated movie starts, basically. Exactly. Yeah, so so the Oscars are interesting. There's uh, a lot of people don't care, which is fine. Most people don't care, I would even say. But like, it is my Super Bowl. I love the Oscars so mm-hmm. much. Um, there's a few things that I wanted to point out before I chat. Uh, 
One thing that I don't like about the Oscars is they do not have a stunt category, which weird blows my mind. I would think if they did a stunt category, it would be amazing, right? Because then you can finally have superhero movies that are winning Oscars. Yes. Well, um, it's um. First off, it's just an absolute like slight that superhero movies aren't winning Oscars because some of those Marvel movies would stand up by themselves outside. Yeah. Like, didn't like the new the uh Joaquin Phoenix Joker win Oscars? Yeah, so Joker won for best actor, right? For mm-hmm. Joaquin, best score. It was nominated for best picture, best director. Um Logan became yeah. the first uh comic book movie to be nominated for an Oscar with best adapted screenplay and then Black Panther became the first comic movie to be nominated for best picture. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, ha- not having a stunt team nomination is kind of wild to me because like did you ever see mad max fury road i didn't i didn't watch it but i i'm aware of the the everything about it yeah so there's the one scene where they're driving through the desert and there's like people on like poles like bouncing back and forth between cars and like it's just a Mm -hmm. beautiful like choreographed stunt dance and like you know that would have been an amazing achievement uh but yeah that's something they don't have um the other thing I want to point out is this is the first year we have 10 Best Picture nominees. Um, what do they normally have? So in 2009, 2010, the Academy of Arts and Motion Picture Sciences, which is the academy who runs the Oscars, um, they said in 2010, okay, you need a minimum of five movies and no more than 10. You can go anywhere in that range. Okay. And the reason they did that was because Dark Knight was not nominated for Best Picture. Before then, they only had five Best Picture nominees. And Dark Knight wasn't in there. How? Right? Uh, Didn't Heath Ledger so, win a posthumous? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to posthumous? pronounce it. Posthumous? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, Oscar? Yeah, so he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, which was you know, well-deserved, but he only had five Best Pictures uh, nominees. So Dark Knight didn't get in, which people outraged. So then the following year, they said, all right, a minimum of five up to 10. They never hit that 10 benchmark. They hmm. always got to like seven or eight. This year, they said it has to be 10. Um, and it sucks to say, but it's inclusion, right? Yeah. You now are getting, but it's good because you're now getting movies, foreign films that don't normally get nominated, nominated. I'm never um, opposed to inclusion. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's. I see the argument. So I'm going to translate this back to sports. You didn't think you'd get an Oscars to sports reference, (laughs) but here we are. Recently, there was the Baseball Hall of Fame vote. Okay. Um, Or they do it every year, I should say. Yeah. Baseball, when you and I were growing up, had a major quote unquote problem with cheaters, steroid usage, right? And there was this big cleansing of all the steroid users out of baseball. But when we were growing up, these steroid users, like they were the reason people watch baseball. They were right. baseball. Sammy Sosa, right? Like, so Barry Bonds, yep, has been on the Hall of Fame ballot for three years. You can only be on the ballot for three years, and then you can never be nominated again. He's oh, been wow. on the ballot for three years and did not get voted in this year. Wow. And it's, I mean, you probably even know the name Barry Bonds when I say yeah. it, right? Like, it's yeah. It's crazy because I would say, like, in the 90s, you got three baseball players. Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. Yeah. Yep. Like, 
Those are the three guys. And and it's mind blowing. So to bring it back to you, like the reason he didn't get into the Hall of Fame, and also there was a very good pitcher, Roger uh, Roger Clemens, who didn't get in, who should have gotten in f- for the same reason, steroids, and the inclusion part to me people kept them out of the hall of fame because they're like, we shouldn't have cheaters in the hall of fame, but you're missing the whole point, right? The same thing with, with the Oscars. And I'm tying these back together because like Barry Bond should be in the hall of fame, no matter if you cheated or not, because he made baseball what it is, right? These movies are film. They're film, right? Like having more nominated is never a problem because they still represent film and it gives the opportunity to these films to that people love and are the reason people go to movies, right? Like superhero movies. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Superhero movies bring people to the movies that would not have otherwise gone to the movies right. that deserves a nomination. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's my, that's my soapbox. Yeah. So also put Barry do- Bonds in the hall of fame. <laughs> he definitely should be. Um, so what I want to do today is just kind of chat a little bit about some of the categories that I definitely probably won't talk about as we get like to the final push before yeah. the Oscars. Yeah, this will not be our last Oscars uh, yeah. talk because I think we're I think I'm going to do a little bit with you. I'll appease you since you're going to do fantasy football. I will I will watch at least the best picture movies, even though there's 10 that of them. Be, and that's a lot. There's 10 of them. You, you know, just pick a handful. Yeah, um, I'll let you tell me which ones I need to watch. Yeah, so. Right, so I'm going to jump into some of my favorite categories that don't normally get talked about. First one is best original score. Uh, The score is the music you hear in the movie that's in the background, right? And the score of a movie is something I didn't really grasp until the last maybe seven years. Uh, After that, it kind of really made me realize that the score helps tell the story. You know, and a good score, you can know within the first four notes. I was going to say, are you not going to tell people you have a superpower? <laughs> I try, right? Like, when we play D&D, Kevin has random scores on on the background, mm-hmm. and I, it just, like, clicks with me, whatever it is. We'll be listening. It'll be literally, like, four French horn notes in the background, and Joe will be like, is this the Dark Knight soundtrack? And it yeah. is. It's some random song off the Dark Knight soundtrack, and you just know it. Yeah, because a good score just sticks with you, right? You know? the best examples that i have i mean they're franchise movies and they're huge movies but you know the scores right away lord of the rings yeah right uh pirates of the caribbean yep harry potter yep star wars yep like you know those scores just by the scene that like hearing the names you hear the scores in your head i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with another one and it's all from very similar i think it's all the same composer right well three out of john williams did star wars uh lord of the no i'm sorry he didn't no no he did star wars he did um howard shore did lord of the rings Uh, he did uh, harry potter um what was the fourth one you said pirates of the caribbean pirates of the caribbean he did he do pirates of the caribbean i don't think he did i feel like that's like on zimmer but oh it might be but john williams also did uh dress park Oh, okay. And, and it's very good. Oz Bedelt did uh, the music for Pirates, but it was produced by Hans Zimmer. Okay. Yeah. Hans Zimmer comes uh, up again because he's nominated, isn't he? Uh, I believe he is. And I, so this is where it leads to me, the best original score. Um, my favorite out of the 
nominees this year, which is great. Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. This is the best score Hans Zimmer has ever done for Dune. Oh, it's like, so I said that after we watched the you movie. Did. I was like, this is the best score Hans Zimmer's ever done. Uh, and he did The Dark Knight. Um, I know that you love movie music because I listened to that and said, wow, this theater is really loud. And you listened to it and said, wow, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So two different <laughs> sides of the aisle here. Yeah, so so best score, you know, it's it's just it just brings bring it helps bring the story together and that music really tells a story. And you know, it really dawned on me a couple of years ago that the score helps the story, and then I'll move on to another category. I have a question about score before after you finish yeah. though. Because Kayla and I were sitting in our apartment when we lived in Plymouth, and I just started playing scores of movies, and she just kind of started guessing what they were. For like an hour and a half, I just played random scores, and she would describe what she was feeling by listening to it, and then would almost every time pick what movie that related to. Yeah. And it's it's insane how that worked. Uh, What was your question? My question is around comparing Dune to Encanto. And I say like comparing those two because Dune is a score. Yeah. Encanto is a musical. So the music in it is literally telling the story. So it's interesting to me. Does that happen often where they'll pick both a purely instrumental score and an actual musical score? So it's, it's still different, right? Because the score is the score. The soundtrack is the songs interesting okay yeah so your score is going to be that beautiful music in encanto like where uh the family madrigal is like getting ready for dinner Mm -hmm. or you know they're walking through the forest and you know bruno's uh vision is about to show up like hence building music that's the score where the soundtrack and the music so uh lin-manuel miranda didn't do the score but he did the songs right um so he's nominated again for best original song for for uh, Encanto in here, um, but yeah. So I mean, it does happen where you know your scores and musicals do line up because you know it's background music compared right. to your vocalizing singing music. It's interesting that uh, well, first off, that Encanto is so strong that it can get both the song songs and the score in as nominations. Right. That's pretty crazy, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I don't think in a musical I think of the score. Mm-hmm. I definitely do in movies. I mean, you hear Lord of the Rings, I could put on at any moment of any day and just be drifted back to Middle Earth, yeah. right? Like, it, I, I absolutely understand that feeling. I just don't think I get that from musicals. So it's cool that uh, Encanto's got both. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the best original score. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is best animated feature. Ooh. Because I don't think the animated films always get as much love as they do um, or deserve. Um, You know, this year you've got three Disney movies, uh, one Netflix movie, and one that I've never heard of. So you've got Encanto, Luca, and Raya the Last Dragon, you know, three Disney Pixar movies. Interesting. You have The Mitchells versus The Machine, which is Netflix. Um, And I think it's just Netflix. I don't remember the animation studio. And then you have Flea, which I've never heard of. Um, but if you haven't seen the Mitchells versus the machines, I haven't. So go watch it. It's so good. I cried at the end of it. Wow. Uh, it's, it's absolutely, uh, 
it's funny. It's heartwarming. It's the same studio that did Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. So the animation style is like super crisp, super different, like super like amazing to look at. It's mm. it's really really well done. Um, and I, like that's that's where I'm putting my money is Mitchell's versus the Machine. Uh, I don't know. Encanto's gonna be really hard to to beat. Encanto's gonna be hard to beat, but I think you need to look at it as like I mean. I hate to say it's a formulaic Disney movie, but like it is. I so we'll take a small Encanto tangent. I have a major bone to pick with it. Is that they had like because the family's so big, they wrote a bunch of small storylines and tied them all together, which makes complete sense. But yeah, the ending doesn't really like it has a very very formulaic ending. Like they don't resolve the tension between bruno and the family outside of right. just like oh bruno's home right they don't resolve there's a lot of there's a lot of just disney magic i'll say at the end of that movie exactly um and i mean mitchell's versus the machines has a uh it like has a happy ending too for the most part but it's it's so different the story's so different the characters are so different mm-hmm. like it's just it's so heartwarming and it's it's so good and it made me the reason why it made me cry was it basically is about a family whose tension uh who's the oldest daughter is about to go to college and the family and she's kind of embarrassed by her family sometimes but they decide they're going to take her to college um and they're going to drop her off uh so they go like across the country well in the middle of it a like robot apocalypse happens. oh my god so they, they end up being the only family like in the world that hasn't been caught yet just because of sheer dumb luck. <laughs> and like, you know, they, they use their wits to get out of situations. And the ending is so funny because or is so amazing because the dad and the daughter like make up and it's just like a heartwarming moment where he's basically like, you know, I don't ever want to lose you. And she's like, you'll never lose me. Like I'm your daughter. And like, I lost it. Yeah. That's, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So um, it's, it's very, very good. Um, but yeah, so we're going to segue from there into something completely different, unless you want to keep talking about animated movies. No, I'm good. Um, best cinematography. Okay. The way, the way a movie looks, right? The way the movie's shot, the way the movie's lit, it all comes down to the cinematographer and who's in charge. Um, the way a movie looks really impacts, again, that tension and the feeling of a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, you have Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Um, Did you watch Nightmare the new West Side Story? I haven't yet. It's nominated for Best Picture, so I'll check it uh, out. Yeah. I'd, um, here's my... I saw West Side Story as the way old DVD. Didn't hmm. love it. Yeah. I saw it live in Denver, and the hmm. the people doing it didn't do a good job so now i'm strike two on that so i just don't really have a big drive to go watch west side story again when i know the story and i know like how good can it really get yeah it's it's not for me but i mean i'm gonna watch it like again because it's nominated for best picture so i'll check it out um the way a movie is shot really tells you what it's gonna be and um Dune was shot amazingly well. Yeah. Nightmare Alley, Nightmare Alley is really beautifully shot. The story doesn't get me in Nightmare Alley, but it's like it's it looks really good. Like it it looks stunning. Power of the Dog, I haven't seen it yet, but it also looks from what I've seen looks really yeah. good. 
my, when you read that, my first two and both funny enough were like desert movies. Uh, is mm-hmm. Dune and Power of the Dog because I've seen yeah I've seen obviously we watched Dune together but um I haven't seen Power of the Dog but I've seen plenty of snapshots and pictures of it and it looks like that that classic Western style which probably mm-hmm. looks awesome yeah Tragedy of Macbeth is shot in black and white uh which mm. the Academy loves throwbacks to old school movies and anything that like relates to old Hollywood. Um, and then West Side Story, you have a musical, so you have to have things that look good. You have to have frames that look good, that like really pull off striking dances and costumes uh, and fights, you know. Um, so my one of my favorite cine- like movies that's ever been shot is Prisoners from 2013. Uh, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Hugh Jackman. And, what, a, what a team! Yeah, and uh, Terrence Howard. It's about uh, two dads, Terrence Howard and Hugh Jackman, whose daughters are abducted on Thanksgiving. Um, and they basically will stop at nothing to get their daughters back. And it's not like a Liam Neeson stop at nothing. It's like two blue-collar dads who just want their daughters back. Mm. Um, the insane... Cin- like the cinematography in this movie blows my mind every time I watch it. I just I watch it because it's so beautiful. Like it's so tense to look at, and it's so like heart throbbing to watch because of the way it's shot and built. Um, it and it's in 2013. It was nominated for one Oscar, and it was best cinematography. Um, just mm. so good. Uh, and it's on Hulu. If you haven't seen Prisoners, I would 100% check yeah. out Prisoners. Okay. Yeah, it's so great. Um, and then let's see here. I mean, there's a couple other, you know, you got your documentary categories, which I don't always watch the documentaries because I'm not a big documentary guy. Maybe I should. I'll be honest. Um, Katie and I watched the new one on Disney plus, um, about, it was about like a, a mountaineer. I already forgot his name. A mountaineer guy. <laughs> um, and he died in an avalanche, um, and leaving behind like three young kids. And I thought it would be all about his life in the first like 30 minutes was and the last 45 minutes was all about his best friend that married his wife three years, like three months after he oh, died. Wow. And like, I was like, this is really odd. And like, I don't really understand what yeah. this is. So it Interesting. Was, uh, that's my most recent experience with documentaries. Okay. Um, so I'm going to talk about three more categories. Okay. I'm going to talk about the adapted screenplay and original screenplay. Adapted is based on something else. Original is original. Um, My favorite adapted screenplay is Jojo Rabbit. So good. Blew it out of the water a few years ago. It's amazing. Um, This year, you know, you have Coda, which I haven't seen. I have my car, which I haven't seen. Dune, The Lost Daughter, and Power of the Dog. Um dune interests me because they only adapted like two-thirds of the book not even two-thirds like so i wonder when dune part two comes out will it get nominated again for best adapted screenplay yeah no i don't i don't know i it depends i guess on how much they do they'll do the other half of the book yeah but uh but I thought that was funny. Like, well, there's still a whole nother half. Will it get nominated again? Maybe. Maybe. If they do just as good of a job, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then best original screenplay is always interesting because, like, 
there's so many adapted movies out there in the world, but then you have like movies that are just completely made up, right? Somebody just thought yeah. of an idea. And like it's weird that the Academy is saying these five are the five that are the best. Out of all of the original ideas out there, these five are the ones that do it. Um and the only one I've seen on here is Don't Look Up. Which to me is fine. It's fine. I actually didn't finish it. I got half I, I barely finished it. I got halfway through and I was like, I get it. I know what you're put. I know what you're pushing. I know what yeah. I know what this is. I don't feel a strong drive to like. It doesn't help that they. Uh, what am I? What's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, not translated, but uh. Anyway, that they basically <laughs> showed their hand right out right at the front. You knew what it was yeah. about right when you walked in, right? Like, oh, this is a very obvious metaphor for climate change, like. Very oh, yeah. obvious metaphor for climate change. Uh, and yeah. that, uh, that not that it turned me off, but like once you figure it out, you're like, yeah, I get it. I, I don't need to watch two and a half hours of, of this. Yeah. It's to me, it's the most weakest out of Adam McKay's most recent movies. Mm-hmm. Like Vice is spectacular. The Big Short is so good. Uh, and then Don't Look Up's fine. Yeah. The Big Short's phenomenal. Oh, what a movie! So good, what a movie. Um, but I think here the the ones to watch out for are Belfast by Kenneth Branagh, okay. and Licorice Pizza by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, Loki, I've heard a few good things about Licorice Pizza. Me too. The rumblings on the internet. Picture. Yeah, nominated for best picture, so I'll I'll check it out. Um, and then the last one I'm going to talk about is. Again, two categories, but the supporting categories. Best mm-hmm. supporting actress and best supporting actor. Um, you know, somebody once said, like, they would rather play the supporting actor because they need to basically, they're there to help build the actor up. They're right. there for a certain purpose. Um, they're the backup quarterback of the movie. Exa- exactly. Uh, and... Here you have Best Supporting Actress. You know, you have Kirsten Dunst nominated for the first time, which is interesting. The first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's or done, The Power of the Dog. She's done a couple, like, heavy hitters that I thought she would at least catch a nomination for. Yeah. But what's super cool is Jesse Plemons is also nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and they're married, so they get to experience this first time oh, that's together. Neat. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, but Jesse Plemons has been in quotations, that guy in so many things. Like, he's that guy. Like, you know Jesse Plummins. He's a typecast actor, right? Well, like, well, kind of typecast, but, like, he's just, you know him, but you might not know his name. Mm. He's never, like, the one up front. Um, And it's nice to see him finally be, like, thrown into something. Like, he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. Um, But, but, I mean, he's here with J.K. Simmons, who is just phenomenal and everything. Yeah. Yeah. but the kid to watch in Best Supporting Actor is Cody Smith-McPhee, apparently, for Power of the Dog. Cody uh, Smith-McPhee? I don't even, I've never heard of him before. Um, he's in that show. I think he's in that show, uh, Sex Education, on Netflix. Yes, yep. I've, I didn't watch the show, but I know, what, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But these two categories, I think, are always interesting. Because, again, I don't think a lot of people pay attention to the supporting actors and actresses a whole lot. But uh, I think it's something to always keep an eye out because these are the ones that, you know, they're heavy hitters in these roles, but they don't always get that recognition. Mahershala, ha- Mahershala Ali has won twice for the Best Supporting Actor category. You know what's interesting is he's been getting a bunch of his own movies recently, and I don't think he's caught the 
uh, best lead yet, right? No, no. The Green Book, which he was nominated for best supporting actor, he should have been nominated for best actor. Why did he get the movies about him? Isn't it? Yes. But, like, <laughs> I I didn't watch it, but every like it's about him. Yeah. Uh, um, Vigo is the supporting actor. Yeah, exactly. But they had Vigo in actor and Mahershala in supporting actor. Um, which blows my mind. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then again last year they had Daniel Kaluuya and um, uh, oh my gosh, what is his name from Atlanta? A very handsome gentleman, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, Lakeith. Yes, uh, yes, yes. They were both in Judah and the Black Messiah, and the movie is very much too. centered on Daniel Kaluuya's character, who, again, he should have been nominated for Best Actor. They right. both were nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Both? It's just weird. Yeah. Weird how that works sometimes. Um, and, I mean, Daniel Kaluuya won, but, uh, but yeah, it's just weird. But hmm. the that, Oscars are interesting. That's sus, Joe. Mm-hmm. Oscars got some sus to them. Yeah. So as we get closer, we'll watch, you know, the best pictures, best directors, actors, that kind of stuff. But uh, but that's kind of a very fast rundown of what I love about the Oscars and a couple suggestions you should all check out. Well, Joe, I definitely learned something today. You're welcome, America and not America. That's true. It's not just it's not just (laughs) you're thinking you're thinking too small, Joe. You're welcome, world. There it is. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, if you haven't yet, please go follow us on our social medias. We're at Big Dead Energy Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook at Big Dead Energy Pod. Yeah, and, you know, go ahead, leave us a rate, a subscribe. Why tell not? somebody about us. That'd be cool. Um, you know, and thank you all for listening and letting me ramble about the Oscars. Uh, there's more of it to come. Hey, don't go spending all that knowledge in one place. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.